The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Zero. Good morning, world. Good morning, Tower View Baptist Church. There it is. Good morning. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I know it'll be a couple minutes as people come on. This morning, it was sunny when I got up. Right now, the storm clouds are coming across. We'll see if they are by the time church starts. I am Pastor Nelson, associate pastor at Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri, right by the World's of Fun Water Tower. And this is our Sunday School lesson for today, August 9th, 2020. As we continue on through the book of Proverbs. Um, if you want to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. And you can hear me today. Yay, that's always a good thing. Um, so, you can check out our website, towerviewkc.com. I lost my train of thought. You can uh, call or text our church. That's 816-368-1330. That'll be in the uh, comments here in a little bit. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching this morning as we continue through the book of Proverbs. Let's start with a word of prayer. Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, for all that you provide. Help us as we uh, go through your study this morning, Lord, as we go through your words, that we gain wisdom, we gain knowledge, not just for the sake of gaining knowledge, Lord, which is not bad, but to change our heart, to change our mind, to change the way we live, to get rid of sin in our life, to avoid the pitfalls of life because of sin. You are the mighty God, Lord, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So good morning. I see Robert. I see Darren on there so far. I'm sure others are on. Others will be coming on as we continue on this morning. So we're in Proverbs chapter 29 is where the lesson is. If you're in the, the Explore the Bible series, we're in lesson number 10 today. I say that, and I'm going to check. Yes, we're in number 10. Hi, Judy. And... As we're in this section of scripture, chapter twenty-nine, if you just if you if you haven't figured out already, you, if you just use your lesson plan, you're going to miss out on stuff I'm teaching because I can't just stick to the scripture and the lesson plan most weeks. But if you have your Bible and if you flip back to Proverbs chapter twenty-five, one, it says, "These two are proverbs of Solomon, which the men of King Hezekiah of Judah copied." King Hezekiah came along roughly 200 years-ish after King Solomon. There were good kings, there were bad kings. King Hezekiah was a good king. He decided to follow God. And he rebuilt the temple. He reinstituted temple worship. temple had fallen into disrepair because they weren't using it. Um, and, and so he... he got the temple. He got rid of, of foreign gods that were in the temple. 
He tried to follow God to the best of his ability. While he was king, while King Hezekiah was king of Israel, Assyria, um, the, the, the big empire in the world before uh, the Babylonians, came through and conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. King Hezekiah was king of Judah in Jerusalem, the southern kingdom. After the kingdom that it was after the kingdoms had, had separated into two two realms, and they conquered the northern kingdom to fulfill the prophecies that prophets have been going on and said, "You you you guys aren't following God because of the sins of King Ahab and Jezebel and others." And Assyria attacked Judah and Jerusalem and tried to conquer them also. And while they were trying to do that, King Hezekiah prayed and asked God for help. And the Assyrians left. They weren't defeated, but they left. And they did not conquer Jerusalem. They did not conquer Judah. To answer King Hezekiah's prayer, God honored that. And so the southern kingdom survived a while longer until the Babylonians came along many years later and conquered Judah for their own sins. But King Hezekiah found these other Proverbs that Solomon had wrote, and he added them to the book of Proverbs. So starting in chapter 25, going through chapter 29, or an additional group of Proverbs that originally weren't in here, but King Hezekiah added them a couple hundred years later. And then you get to chapter 30 and 31, and you see that it says it's the words of Agar, son of uh, Jacob in 31 says the words of King Lemuel. Lemuel. Um, so they, he added some extra words here towards the end of the book. And he found these and he added them to the scriptures at the time. And so we're going to look in chapter 29 what it has to say. So in Proverbs chapter 29 starting in verse 1 it says this. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, which is what's in the lesson plan. 29 verse 1 says, One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. When the righteous flourish, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but the one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. So we've got three different proverbs here on kind of three different subjects, which is normal for the book of Proverbs. Verse one says the one who becomes stiff necked after many who becomes stiff necked after many reprimands. Now it's not talking to crook in your neck that you gotta go see the chiropractor. That's not the kind of stiff neck. He's talking about the stiff neck of the stubborn person who refuses to accept counsel, godly counsel, who refuses to do um, the things of God, even when corrected. And they don't. And, and they, will, they will be shattered instantly. Now the thing is, we think instant. It's like the instant that they don't listen, they should be shattered. That's not the way God works. If he did, we would all, you know, none of us in the church would be around because we don't listen all the time. But when they do fall, it'll be quick. It'll seem like an instant. And so it says, be stiff. And we see this in the world. Those of you who at work, the boss tells people something and some people listen and others like, no, they don't listen. 
Not unless it affects their paycheck. They don't listen. Um, I think about I used to coach little league, and you tell little kids don't throw the bat when you when they're up to the plate and they hit the ball and then they throw the bat. And you tell them don't throw the bat, don't throw the bat. They don't listen. They, those words, those verbal reprimands, don't matter to them until they get in a game and they throw the bat and the umpire says you're out. Go sit down. When it's more than words, and then that's all of a sudden they remember, don't throw the bat. And they it's amazing. One time they get called out and they stop throwing the bat. We see that in adults too. There's a road that's not um, patrolled by the police. Do people follow the speed limits? No. Not unless there's a policeman nearby. That the, there are signs up that say what the speed limit is. That's kind of like a verbal reprimand. But do people listen? No. Same with no parking zones or, or handicapped parking spots. If somebody is not out there giving out tickets, people don't care. They just park wherever they want to. They don't listen unless there's other repercussions. And you know, in those cases, I mean, they perhaps an out in a baseball game, I get a ticket, a speeding ticket. Okay, those aren't earth-shattering repercussions. But when it comes to the ways of God and people are told this is the way you need to follow. Ancient Israel, the prophets came and told them over and over again, you need to repent. And sometimes they did for a time. But they didn't, and they didn't, and they didn't. And in the book of Judges, we see that they're conquered many times. As we go through, you go through later in Israel's history, the northern kingdoms conquered by Israel, by the Assyrians and destroyed. The southern kingdoms attacked by the Babylonians and destroyed. After Jesus came in, they, most of the people didn't listen. The leadership didn't listen. They were destroyed by the Romans. And so, are we any different? If we don't listen to God, it's going to destroy us. If it doesn't destroy us in this world, it will in the next at the, when we are judged. And so we need to follow God. We need to instill that in our children. We need to instill that if you're a, a, any sort of supervisor. And, but, you, but So this is a piece of godly wisdom, but it's also a piece of just normal worldly wisdom. If you're if you an employer and you have employees and they don't listen to your words, don't be surprised. It's human nature. This was written a long time ago. This was written at least probably around 3,000 years ago-ish. 2,500, 3,000 years ago. And people haven't changed. We're not evolving. We're still sinful people. And so we need to follow God. If And, and, and people need more, sometimes need more than words to be encouraged to follow God. Continuing on, verse 2. When the righteous flourish... The people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, people groan. That's just plain observation of life. Anybody want to? I saw somebody posted on a, on a Facebook group. It says, "If you could go to any other country than the one you live in, where would you move to?" And people listed a bunch of different countries for various reasons. Nobody picked North Korea. Okay, no, no, nobody. Nobody picked Russia. Nobody picked Iran. Okay, places where there are rulers that rule with an iron hand. 
They didn't pick those places. And so we need to have godly wisdom when we pick our leaders, not just the person that, you know, you know, don't vote just your pocketbook. You gotta vote more than that. Okay? Verse three. A man loves wisdom. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but the one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. Now, when I first started reading this verse, I read the first half, and I thought, okay, what's coming? I figured, you know, I saw the but. And I think, well, but then you're going to disappoint your father. Your father's going to be miserable. But no, the second half doesn't say anything about your father. It says the one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. And the first thing I thought of is like Jesus preached this. The prodigal son. The prodigal son had his wealth. And he took, he took his inheritance before his father died and he wasted it. On, and part of it he wasted on prostitutes. And people who waste their money on prostitutes waste their money on a whole lot of other things usually. And so it destroyed his wealth. Instead of being a wealthy person, he ended up being a farmhand feeding pigs, and the pigs were eating better than he was because he wasted his money. Uh, it destroys your wealth. It can destroy your health too because prostitutes don't care about you. They don't care anything about you. But the man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father and his mother. And we see that in other places. And so we need to choose. To, and So this one here is just a, a motivation for you to follow God's teachings and to have godly wisdom. It's just motivation. Now the lesson plan skips down to... Where does it skip down to? Verse 12. I think it was 11 or 12. Verse 12 and 13 says this. If a ruler listens... If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials will be wicked. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. So if you are a ruler, okay, you say, well, I'm not the king of any country, but you can be a ruler without being a king. You can be a supervisor of your department at work. You could be an NCO in the military. You are a ruler of your king. Sometimes you're just a ruler of your household. But if you listen to lies, not only are you being wicked, you're going to encourage wickedness in your employees and the people who you rule over. You encourage them to not follow God. You encouraging them to do whatever is necessary, right or wrong, to get the thing done. And sometimes you, you can be observers of that. If you see a boss, that that's what they do. But don't be that guy. Don't be that girl um, to do that. But then a piece of wisdom here in verse thir- in twelve in tw- thirteen thirteen, chapter tw- Proverbs chapter twenty nine verse thirteen. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. So whether you are the ruler or the rulee, whether you're the supervisor or the supervisee, whether you are the parent or the child, God gave you life, give both of you life. 
whether you're the rich one or the poor one. God both gave you both life. God uses his will and is, does not depend on us. God's will will happen whether you follow God or not. We see that throughout history. We see that throughout scriptures. God used the evil king uh, Pharaoh when Israel was down there to accomplish his mission. Pharaoh couldn't stop them. The leaders of, of Israel when Jesus was alive. King Herod tried to kill Jesus as a baby. He lost. The Pharisees and the other Israelite rulers who, did, who hated Jesus tried to stop Jesus. They didn't succeed. The Romans who hate rebellion tried to stop Jesus. They didn't succeed. And so God uses all of us and realize that all are created by God. Whether the individual chooses to follow God or not, they are still God's creation. And God can use them whether they follow God or not. And so we need to realize that when we are talking to others, not just to randomly hate people or groups of people. God uses people of all um, skin tones, of all ethnicities. We're not better Christians just because we come from America. There are godly Christians throughout this world in Africa and in Asia in every country, there are godly Christians in Iran that are being persecuted in China. There are godly Christians that are living out in the jungles of Laos or Nigeria. It doesn't matter. God has created all, all, all life. And we need to realize that. And, and because of that, we need to be a witness for God for all people. So even if your boss is an evil boss who hates God, you still need to be a light for him or her and be a godly witness for them because God created them and they too can be saved. If God can do all the miracles that we see in the Bible, he can save even your awful boss. Verse 14. A king who judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. That sounds kind of like some of the wording that um, we see that God gave to King David. It said that your throne will be established forever. Obviously, David did not live, himself did not live forever. In fact, David's throne had problems because he wasn't always fair. He was not fair with Bathsheba and Uriah when he had Uriah killed in battle and it came back to haunt him he had two sons who attempted to take the throne from him and have him killed and his children um, one killed the other one raped one another they did not uh, do uh, well and so we see even David didn't always follow God completely and, it, and it, he suffered for that and so, yeah, this is a message to kings. And once again, why does it apply to me? I'm not a king. But you are a leader somewhere. Okay? Whether you're an official leader, 
But we all know those workplaces, there, there are people who are leaders and they don't have the title of leader. People look up to them and they listen to them. You are a leader in your household. And so we need to make sure that we are judging fairly where we judge. When we discipline our kids, are you judging your discipline fairly? Or are you just doing it out of rash emotion and anger at the time? So keep following God. Verses 15 to 17. In verse 15, Proverbs 29, verse 15 says this, A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. When the wicked increase, rebellion increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your child, and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. So we see in these three verses, verses 15 and 17 are explicitly about your children and disciplining them and correcting them. Verse 16 does not seem to be explicitly about your children, but you know a lot of times when you see that, what's in between there kind of matters. And so 16 can apply to kids and what happens if we don't correct them, but also applies to all of life. So 15, it says, the rod of correction imparts wisdom. The phrase I use often is the board of education applied to the seed of knowledge. Uh, it's not using a rod like we you think of somebody being beaten to a pulp. That's not that's not discipline. That's abuse. You don't do that. You don't beat somebody to a pulp. Okay. The rod of correction. As I said, the board of education applied to the seed of knowledge, the most cushy part of the body, and not to cause damage but to get somebody's attention. But if you, if you don't do this, if you don't discipline your child and they leave it to ha- let them discipline themselves, it says they'll be a disgrace to their mother. How many of you, especially when you were growing up, knew those kids that could do whatever they want? They didn't have curfews. They didn't have any rules. Because their parent, why? Because their parents really didn't care. They didn't want to do anything with them. Kids didn't want to be at home because their parents were awful. And so, you know, they were left to themselves. And where are they today? What kind of things are those kids doing? Most of them, it's not very good. You know, I read that, you know, kids, a youth left to himself. And I thought about that book I had to read in high school, Lord of the Flies. A story, if you haven't read it, it's a story of about a bunch of boys who get shipwrecked on an island and all the adults are dead. And so all these boys, school-age boys, are left to their own devices. And as time goes, they get more and more ruthless with one another. And, and, and uh, to the point of, of, of killing each other until they are rescued by adults. And so you know, we need to make sure we don't just leave our kids alone. To their own devices. We need to be there. Verse 17, discipline your child and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. Well, when they're young and you're disciplining, you don't feel very peace of mind. It's when you're old and when they're older and you see that they turned out to be upright citizens, godly followers of Christ. And then you can, that's when you have peace of mind and it gives you delight. It's like, oh, I didn't totally screw up as a parent. Um, and you see that. 
verse 16, the one in the middle, when the wicked increase, rebellion increases. The righteous will see their downfall. And so we can be wicked by not disciplining our children, and that rebellion increases. Studies have shown if kids see your parents do a thing, the kids will do it, and they'll do it to the next level. I remember they did a study where the parent had, had one of those boxing dolls that you punch them and they blow up dolls, you punch them and they f- fall over, and then they, they're weighted on the bottom and they come right back up. And they showed a parent, they had a kid in the back, another room watching their parent, and their parent like punched it, but they just punched it lightly and, and didn't do it very hard. The kids who saw their parents punch it, even just punching it lightly, when they, when they got in there, they not only punched it, they punched it harder, sometimes with using other things that were in the room, and they took it to the next level. They, they just waylaid into it. The kids who didn't see their parents do that just were left in there. They, they weren't near as abusive to that doll. Like it, was just a, it was just a toy, so it's not a big deal. But they took it, the kids who saw their parents do it took it to the next level. And so we as Christians, we need to make sure what sin in our lives are our kids seeing us do, because they will see us do sin. What will the kids do about it? They take it to the next level. Um, so we need, we need to be wary of that. Now, I say that we can do everything right as a parent, and our kids may not follow God. And so because they still have to make that choice for them. But we, as parents, need to do everything that we can. Um, to to um, follow God to the best of our abilities. Verse 18. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instructions will be happy. Now in the CSB it says happy. Oftentimes, depending on the translation, um, the word happy is translated, most translations are translated blessed. And so we see that in the Beatitudes, blessed are, and it goes on to different things, oftentimes in the Old Testament. Some translation will translate that word as happy. It's, it's, it's not that one is right is wrong is wrong. That's the range of meaning of the original word in the Hebrew. You can't, words have ranges of meaning, and it's sometimes hard to do just a one-for-one one translation. And so when you see happy, you can think blessed. When you see blessed, you can think happy. It's not one or the other. It's, it's a both and. It's, it's a range of meaning that the world has. Without revelation, people run wild. What is revelation? Some translations might say vision there. Or, and so without revelation, without vision. And that word is often used throughout the Bible to describe what the prophets are saying to the people. The, the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and, and, and Micah, they have revelation from God and they speak it out loud to the people. Now of today, I have no revelation for you. God has not given me a new word to say. My revelation comes from Scripture. This is my revelation. I proclaim this. I don't proclaim something new, something different. Okay? But God has given us this revelation. And without this word of God, people run wild. And look at this world today that we live here in America. 
People are not reading this word. Christians are not reading this word. And, and they are running wild. Things are happening in this world that didn't happen you know, decades ago. Because we don't have this word. It's not being imparted to us every day. We are not reading it every day. But the one who follows divine instructions, that's where this word comes in, that's the divine instructions, will be happy, will be blessed. May not be materially blessed, but you will be blessed emotionally. You will be blessed um, mentally. You will be blessed spiritually when you follow this. Because this is where we, this is the eternity. Everything about this world is temporary. Verse 19. A servant cannot be disciplined by words. Though he understands, he doesn't respond. This goes back to uh, uh, verse 1. It's a similar saying. Okay? You know, people just don't respond to words all the time. They need, you need something behind the action. Um, I used, I used to work in business and such. And my boss would say things like, you know, well, that's, you know, you did a good job. And I appreciate that. But in the business world, how do, how, how is appreciation really showed? It's with, with money. Do I get a raise? Do I get a bonus? That's how they, you know, that's, if, if they do one of those things, then I know they really appreciate what I did. Okay. And so, but the same way with discipline, the, in the negative side, if all they do is just words, yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, but when there's something behind those words, they dock your pay, they demote you, you don't get to go, you know, on the, on the business trip or whatever. You don't get to be part of the presentation. Um, the, those are ways that, you know, it's like, that's more than words that then it sets in a little bit stronger. Um, so this is just a kind of a rephrasing another way to say another observation that's similar to, to verse one. Verse 20, do you see someone who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than him. Sometimes we need to slow down. We don't need to respond instantly. Okay, especially when the emotions are high. Whether it's anger or frustration or disappointment. Sometimes we just need to slow down. Because if you speak too soon, you're going to make a fool look wise. Okay, how many times have we put our foot in our mouth because we we're just emotionally wrought and we just answer before we can even think? We need to slow down. We need to think about our words. And if it's a situation that happens more than once, it's a repeated situation, we need to stop and think, okay, how am I going to respond to this next time when this happens? You know, our kids do things over and over again. And we keep, you know, we get angry, we do things, but it doesn't change the situation. Well, maybe we need to change. We need to come up with a different plan. We need to use different words. We need to use something other than words. We need to do something different. Same at work. You know, or, you, or your neighborhood. What you keep doing isn't working. You need to come up with something different. And so, and we don't need, need to respond instantly. Not every problem requires an instant answer. 
Sometimes you do, but, sometimes, but oftentimes it doesn't. And so we need to stop and pray about it and think about it. And maybe you just need to stop and take a breath before you say any words. Or stop. Get a drink before we answer. We don't always have to answer instantly. Now that ends where the lesson plan ends. But as I'm going through this chapter and looking at things, I notice there's another, uh, there are four verses in this chapter that all apply to the same subject that this lesson didn't um, talk about. And I think it's an important topic we need to look at. And so I want to look at the, quickly look at those four um, verses that are in here. So in, we're still in Proverbs 29, but I'm going to go back and read, read verses 8, 9, and then 11. Okay, and then I'm going to read verse 22. So verses 8, 9, 11, and 22. I'm going to read those four verses. So Proverbs 29, verse 8. Mockers inflame a city, but the wise turn away anger. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, there will be ranting and raving, but no resolution. Verse 11. A fool gives full, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person will hold it in check. Verse 22, an angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered one increases rebellion. This is another important topic that goes throughout the book of Proverbs, is our issue with anger. How do we deal with anger? And it over and over again, it says that our anger causes all kinds of problems. The angers of others causes all kinds of problems. Now, anger is a God-given emotion. But we use it in not a very godly way most of the time. Okay, verse 8, mockers inflame a city, but the wise turn away anger. We figure out a way to answer, to downgrade the anger in the situation. Okay, we also don't respond with anger. So it could mean one of two things. One, we respond in such a way that calm the anger down in others. Other places in Proverbs says a soft answer turns away wrath. But also, we need to make sure, are we turning away anger in our own selves so that we don't respond with anger? Just because someone's angry with you doesn't mean you have to be angry back. You don't have to respond in kind. Okay, verse 9, a wise person goes to court, if a wise person goes to court with a fool, they'll be ranting and raving, but no resolution. How many of us rant and rave? It doesn't fix a thing. Okay, and so it's relating ranting and raving with being a to being foolish. Ranting and raving is equated with being foolish here. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. In, in Book of Proverbs, being called a fool is being called somebody who doesn't follow God, who isn't following God. Verse eleven. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. It's not that you're never angry. That's not the issue. But you hold it in check. It doesn't mean you hold it in, necessarily. But you don't just go off the handle and, and lose all control of yourself and all of your words. There is control there. There is measured response. 
You don't don't start raining whatever comes up to your mind and screaming and punching holes in walls. Okay, you hold it in check. That doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean you're not angry or upset about the situation, but you don't let your emotions control you. You control the emotions. You can still be angry, but you do, but you display it. You speak with your words controlled. You just don't lash out and utter curses and insults to people that they don't deserve. Or even if they do deserve it, that guy's not the godly way. You don't give full vent to everything that you're feeling. You measure it. You control it. You find out, find the right time and the right way to rectify the situation. Giving full vent to your anger. You go to a store and they have some policy that you don't like. And you give full vent of your anger to the clerk that's standing there in front of you who has absolutely nothing to do with the policy. They didn't make it. They just told to follow it. And ranting and raving at that poor young person there doesn't do you any good. You just look like an idiot and bring them to tears. Now maybe there's, such, maybe there's a reason that you need to be angry, but being angry at that person and giving full vent to anger right then and there is not helpful. It is not godly. Now you go back and you, you, know, you, you, you make an appointment with the manager or the supervisor, or you write a letter to the president of the company. Okay, you direct your anger to where it needs to be directed in a measured way, and you read the letter to make sure that it's worded in a, in a good way that just doesn't sound like ranting and raving. And things, you'd be amazed how much thing, better things happen and how more responsive people are. But ranting and raving at the clerk who didn't make the policy is useless, and you just look like a fool. Because you're a fool, a fool gives full vent to his anger. Verse 22, an angry person stirs up conflict. A hot-tempered one increases rebellion. Just more reasons not to let full vent your anger. You, you, you just, you're stirring up conflict. You're increasing rebellion. And that's not the godly way. Okay, because more than likely than not, you're not doing it over godly things. You're doing it over petty things, things that you don't like, things that just you know you're pet, against your pet peeves, against whatever you desire. You're not a morning person. You don't like that the boss is going to make everybody come in an hour earlier every day. And so you cause rebellion around. It's, it's just what time you show up for work. It's not an earth-shattering thing. And so we need to be godly in all things that we do, including when we get angry. Over what we get angry about and how we get angry. And so as we continue with Proverbs, we have one more lesson in the book of Proverbs. Okay, Next week we're going to look at chapter 31. And then we're going to have two lessons out of the book of Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs, depending on your translation. And so... As we continue, as we read through Proverbs, we see a lot of these themes seem to be very repetitive. It's like, man, this is a boring book. They keep saying the same thing over and over again. Well, sometimes we need to be told over and over again before it sinks in. And worded one way, it's like, yeah, whatever. But worded a slightly different way, it's like, oh, you finally get it. And so that's why we read the Proverbs. That's why you need to read all the way through it, even though it's repetitive. 
because you, the things that are repeated most often are probably the things that we need to work on the most. So, you know, we need to read through. So read through this book. Don't quit reading through this book. 31 chapters. You can read it in 31 days. One chapter a day. What chapter I read today? I don't look at the calendar. That tells you what chapter you need to read for that day. There's nothing especially holy about that, but it's just a good way to remind yourself and how to read, you know, reading through the book of Proverbs. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. Let's have a word of prayer before we close up. Lord God, I just thank you and praise you for the blessings that you give. We thank you for your words that you have to guide us, to direct us, to change us, to hone us, to prune us, Lord, that we can be more godly followers of you. Open our hearts and open our minds that we can accept that and allow the changes to happen and seek the changes and to be hurt and and to be sorrowful over the sins that we have in our lives that we want to get rid of it so i thank you for that lord i thank you for each one that has watched and listened this morning lord whether they watch live or they watch this later you are the mighty god lord i just pray all this in jesus name amen so thank you for watching uh lonnie i see you there and linda let me see who else is on here that i've, I've haven't seen Robert. I think I mentioned you already, Robert. Um, so I thank you for watching. Once again, if uh, you're new to this, check out TowerViewKC.com to see about our church or website. Um, obviously, our Facebook page. If you're watching this live, our Sunday morning service is at 1030 here at church. You can sit in your car and turn to 90.7 on your FM radio and listen to the service. Um, you can sit outside in your lawn chair if the rain is gone by then. Right now it's kind of dark and gloomy. Oh, it doesn't look wet at the moment. Um, uh, and so, um, yeah, I'm just going to pull up my phone and look at the radar here. I had the radar up earlier. See what the rain's doing. Um, so you, you, either one of those two things. Um, if you after church today we're having a picnic but you gotta bring your own chair bring your own lunch we're gonna sit outside once again if the rain rain should be gone by then um, so we thank you for watching check out our church if you need to call or text us you can message us from the website you can message us from the Facebook page you can call the church or text the church on our phone number 816-368-1330 um, however you want to do it if you got a question about something I've said this morning on this lesson, if you got a question about uh, Darren's sermon later on, if you got a question about the songs that we sing, um, you know, get a hold of us, contact us. Our information is on the website. Once again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm, uh, my name is Nelson, Associate Pastor here at Tower View Baptist Church. I pray that you have a, a blessed day, the rest of this Lord's Day. Thank you and God bless.